Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am keeping it caffeinated and made mm-hmm. myself some coffee. Oh, yummy. I mean, can't go wrong with coffee. No, right you really can't. It's <laughs> it's one of the more stable things in my life. Like, I always know what to expect from coffee, whereas, like, my day job, never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> I always know what to expect from coffee if Jared makes it. If I make it, it's always a surprise. (laughs) I know that sounds weird. Like, I can cook so many, like, amazing meals, but I have the hardest time making coffee. I don't know why. It's because I'm not good at following the instructions of, like, the exact scoops and, like, grinding it. The exact, like, it's too, um, it's too exact for me. So it's like baking. Yeah, it's like baking. I need... Mm -hmm. I need there to be room for creativity. Uh, <laughs> there is very little room in creativity for coffee, like ground coffee. <laughs> yeah, for brewing coffee, like to do it right, you need things done right. <laughs> yes. So what are you drinking over there? So I am sticking to a San Pellegrino sparkling natural mineral water, mm. which I don't know why, but it feels bougie. It's probably not, but it's one of my vices as I'm trying to like drink less pop or soda, whatever you want to call it, depending on what part of the country, state, world you're from. <laughs> I switch back and forth now. I was a soda all the way, but now I say pop every now and then. But it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Like I say it. I'm like, that didn't fit. <laughs> it fits for where you live, I think. It does. It does. But that's good to have like some sparkling water. I think that's fair, even if it is bougie. Like, let's face it. I mean, one of the reasons why I drink so much coffee is because I don't drink a lot of pop or soda. Uh, And I need something other than water. Like, because water feels kind of boring. But like sparkling water sounds like exciting water. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting, too, at least for me. This might people might be like, what the hell is she even talking about? But like, I associate a hard day with a carbonated beverage. So I have like really vivid memories of coming home from school, probably when I was in high school, and grabbing like a Sprite from the fridge and cracking it open. So when I get really stressed out at work, I want something carbonated and, you know, diet pop isn't super great for you in large quantities so I've been shifting to mineral water that's carbonated because that is good for you well better for you than the diet pop or the full sugary soda so that is me trying to work through my own habits and psychology that have been part of my life for a very long time (laughs) <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because um, you'd be surprised a large percentage of what we do in a day is just habit because habits are yeah. easy. Um, when you're trying to do things like, you know, um, consciously make 
better choices within your life and your day, no matter what they are, they're exhausting because mm-hmm. you're used to just running through the day with you know, on autopilot, essentially. And autopilot is easier. It's less taxing on your brain. (laughs) Especially when you're in, like, fight or flight type mode. Like, work right now is still crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm saying this now, and this will drop, like, a week or two after we record it. It's still going to be crazy. Um, And, like, it's just so much easier if I have a really bad day to do the easier thing. And it's hard not to fall in that trap <laughs> consistently because <laughs> it is easier like to do the easy thing and just grab a fistful of candy instead of make a lunch when things are super busy. Same with the whole pop versus San Pellegrino thing. At least both of those are an easy thing that I can grab. So as long as I can stop enough to make that good conscious decision, generally I, I, I can make the right one. But it's, it's super hard to break habits for sure. Well, you're doing a great job, so keep it up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know what we call that kind of corner, but life hacks with Sam and Bev. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's fair. It's a good reminder that we're human and we're constantly working on things ourselves, like outside yeah. of the farm. Like, we don't like we don't just do farm things. <laughs> right. But I will say the chores... And going on autopilot to do chores is actually a really soothing behavior I have when Mm -hmm. work is really crazy. If I can get away for like a quote unquote lunch break for 30 to 60 minutes and do chores, I feel so much better afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that's a good productive routine to have. So not all habits and routines are bad. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But anyways, we're not life coaches. At least not yet. So... (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is our friend Kayla Wood, and she is at Honey Creek Homestead over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. Today, we've got a little bit of a heavier topic, but it's high time. We talked about it. I think I've put it off long enough. I'm sure it's been like the elephants in the room. I'm surprised Mm. somebody hasn't messaged us and asked us why I haven't talked about it yet. (laughs) Yeah, I think because that might be because it is such a heavy topic and it's was our like I wasn't there, obviously, but this is our first experience with this issue since we've recorded the podcast. So yeah, it's I think it's it feels touchy, you know, it's it's an emotional thing. So you need time to process and make sure like you're not going to ball your eyes out while you're talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> for one sure. of those. Yeah. yeah. So we'll give a bit of a trigger warning just in case, um, because we are going to talk about goat miscarriage today. And I want to let everybody know right off the bat what we're talking about, because I know that it's a really sensitive subject um, for all people and all creatures that can possibly experience a loss like this. Mm -hmm. So I just I didn't want to sneak attack anybody with any language regarding this Mm -hmm. um, and have it bring up any um, any past emotions. So. Just know if you're going to continue to listen, we'll be describing um, what it can look like when a goat miscarries. Um, but uh, we're going to tell Tonks' story of 
miscarrying her latest um, pregnancy. And then we're also going to talk about what some of the causes uh, of a goat miscarriage could be so that we can walk away from this experience learning a little Mm -hmm. bit of stuff too. So it's not all in vain, but um, just a fair warning for um, anyone who might find this topic upsetting or if children are listening to you might end up having to have some uncomfortable conversations with them so yes you've been warned (laughs) yes so for this episode we do have a couple of um resources that we used and one of them is from vetimagesolutions.co.uk they did a blog post about common causes of miscarriages in goats. And then um, we also fall back in an old favorite, Fiasco Farms. She did um, an article about goat miscarriage also. So there'll be a link to both there will be links to both of those in the show notes. All right. So I don't even think I know the full story exactly. Like I know bits and pieces of it, but can you walk us through your experience and in, in Tonks's, at least her as, assumed experience, because you can't be in her head, but <laughs> yeah. how, how did that happen and, and what steps did you take to get through the process? So the day that it happened, um, it was actually really strange. We were out there doing um, chores, our evening chores. And um, Jared and I have been doing chores together because of the herding of the ducks. It's really a two-person job. (laughs) Otherwise, like I typically used to do the chores by myself. And we could hear Tonks making her really obnoxious bleeding noise. And um, it's the noise that she makes when she's in heat. (laughs) And I looked at Jared and I was like, she had better not be in heat because I worked so hard to get her bread. Because, you know, if somebody doesn't know the story, I take my goats somewhere else to go have them bread. I don't have a buck here. And I've been unsuccessful with my other two does. Like, I I have been to the breeder, like, I, I want to say 50 times oh my <laughs> this fall, like trying to get these goats bred because I was just like, well, maybe I'm reading their signs wrong or maybe I need to go there multiple days in a row. I don't know. I feel bad for my breeders. They've been so kind and so nice and I so appreciate them. <laughs> but it kind of makes me feel a little silly. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it turns out it's just really hard to get a goat bred when you don't have a buck there. <laughs> right. So I was being a little like cheeky. And then, you know, we walked over. I was like, well, it was like, it sounds kind of urgent. So, like, let's go do the goats first. And we walked over there and she's standing at the fence, like making her very serious, you know, face and screaming. And then she turns around and hanging out of the back of her was a water bag. (sighs) And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? Like, it took me a second to recognize what it was. Yeah. And it wasn't very big. It was, like, the size of a plum. Um, mm. So it would have, like, easily, like, fit in your hand. It wasn't huge or anything. And I had to think through, you know, um, really quickly. I was like, oh, yeah, like, the water pops first. And then um, and then the kids come out. And then the placenta, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So I was like, oh, oh no, that's not good. This means that she might have gone into labor. So we like quickly get a leash and take her into the barn. And then we finish all the chores and we're like, all right, 
like, what are we supposed to do? And I'm like, well, like, it can't go back in, obviously. Like, that's not an option. So I was looking at it and I'm like trying to decide. I'm like, was this just like a fluke? Like, you know, like, did she get rammed really hard? So it just like happened to squeeze out because she wasn't dilated. That was the other thing, too. So it didn't look like she was in heat. She wasn't dilated, nothing. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like this looks like it was some sort of accident of some kind. But like it's here now and there's nothing we can do. And it's all connected. Like I don't know the exact anatomy, but like there's no pulling on it. There's no like cutting it off. Like you have to let all of those parts that are interconnected with each other like leave naturally. And so um, I called the breeder to find out if there's anything I should do. Um, And she's like, no, you just you have to let her finish up. Um, But it does sound like it's probably a miscarriage. And I posted it in our Facebook group because I've never actually seen any pictures or like mention of a goat miscarrying like that, except like a stillbirth. You know, that happens sometimes during a really um, traumatic birth. So um, from what I've read and what my experience has been, typically when a goat miscarries, it's really early on and they just reabsorb them. So you never know that it happened. It was just like your goat was pregnant one month and then the next month she wanted to eat. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I got to go take her to go get bread again. Mm. So there wasn't a lot of information on the Internet that I could find. Um, But uh, what we ended up doing for her was we gave her some vitamin B and put her in a clean barn stall uh, with, you know, hay and all of her feed and straw and all that good stuff. And I brought her her kids from her last kidding so that she wouldn't be by herself because I just thought like that would be more comforting to her. And in the end, I don't know if it was. Then I just had four goats yelling at me instead of one. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely wasn't more comforting for me. (laughs) Right. Right. But I like to think that in the end, it was more comforting for her. Um, And in fact, like the breeder warned me, she's like, she'll she'll cry for her kids. Like she'll be Mm. like, because they they do, they know. And, you know, and I feel like she knew what was happening. She didn't seem like she was in a very good mood and she seemed pretty upset, which I totally don't blame her. And um, the right. whole process took about about two days, two and a half days from the time that we discovered it to when I put her back out in with everyone else. Um, and what I did was I just set an alarm and I went and checked on her every two or three hours um, because I wanted I wanted to be there to get whatever came out um, because right. I wanted to look at it, which sounds like mm-hmm. really um What's what I'm looking for? <laughs> morbid? It, it, yeah, it sounds really morbid, but I needed to know yes. if there was something wrong with um, the goat fetuses or if there was something wrong with the placenta or like if Tonks had an infection. And that was another thing that we did too. We checked her temperature once once things were cleared out. I didn't want to check her temperature with all that stuff like in the way because I didn't want to accidentally damage anything. Um, but I was concerned about her having uh, a temperature and an infection. And I, I wanted to be able to treat her like really quickly if that was the case. But since she seemed okay, I, I didn't feel like it was an emergency. But anyhow... Um, in the middle of the night, after that first night, she did pass one of the kids, and um, it was really, it was really sad, obviously. Um, but it was really interesting because um, it just it looked like a perfect little tiny 
hairless baby goat, but just like mm. the length of a finger. Aww. Yeah, so it was. It didn't appear to have anything wrong with it, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't internally, because right, that can be one of the causes. So, like you know, she could have been rammed by one of her friends, or maybe something hiccuped in the development process, and her body was just like, nope, it has to go. So, so that was it. We just found the one. I went out there every few hours later, and um, she did pass a placenta and some like blood lots of mucus and blood and after about a day of not passing anything else I was like well she must be done Mm. which seemed weird I wasn't expecting her to just have one kid Um, but it does happen so maybe she did just happen to have one in there or maybe her body absorbed the rest of them because I was holding out hope there for a little while that maybe she just expelled one and was mm. going to continue the pregnancy with the rest. I have no idea if that's a possibility, but I was being really hopeful. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, you have to hold out hope when something yeah. like that happens. Because, like, I needed something to look forward to. And, um, no, she has gone into heat now oh. since then. So she is technically ready to be rebred. Um, but I am waiting a couple of months because um, I want to give her body a break. So. Yeah. Um, and I don't want her to kid in the middle of July again. <laughs> right. That right. <laughs> was terrible. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> it was just so hot. Uh, yes. Yeah. She looked so sad. It's the size of a goat beach ball. And it was so Aww. hot. Um, but it was really hard when it happened because, like I mentioned, like all of the work that yes. went into that. And it can feel like really crushing and defeating when you feel like you've tried your best and you've done everything right and still just like something like this happens like with no explanation and that's the worst part like we monitored her for fever gave her lots of vitamin b paste i did end up warming her um just in case i tried to treat it as if she had had her kids um because i thought that that was the safest thing for her um and she was fine. Just like a few days later, she really bounced right back into normal with her herd. And it was as if nothing ever happened. And it felt so weird. So I started kind of digging into like, well, what causes a goat miscarriage? Because I couldn't help but think like, maybe there's something I could have done differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a natural response. I think that we all do that. Um, but the truth is, like, Uh, And I talked to the breeder about this, too. Like, her guess was that one of the other goats just rammed her in the wrong spot. And she said it totally happens. And it's so frustrating when it happens. Because, like, you can't keep all your goats separately. (laughs) Right. No. And it's it's interesting, the timing of this. Because I had a goat that was born last April that had something on her tail. Um that I thought was maybe just diarrhea, but it was like, it was like a few weeks before this happened to Tonks. And like, I looked around in the pen cause they weren't going outside cause there's snow on the ground and I didn't see any diarrhea or anything, but I wonder if she had gotten pregnant and because she gets bullied quite a bit by the herd queen Maya, um, cause she gets rammed a lot. I wonder if she miscarried, but like, she would have been way too young to be having a baby. Um, and I think one of the goats that got fixed back in December might have gotten to her based on, like, the timing of everything. So I 
was sad if that's what's happened to your to her because it did kind of look like blood on her tail <laughs> and that can be a sign if you know they get rammed and injured and in miscarry that can be a sign and sometimes that's the only sign you get especially if it's super early so I don't know for sure if it that's what happened to her or not but the timing of it was a little creepy and I didn't know anything about goat miscarriage either until I googled it and it's funny because it was the fiasco farm article that I opened and read that we're talking through today. Um, so I think you're right. These things just do happen and you, you can't really get into the middle of the goat politics in the <laughs> pecking order. Like it's just, it is what it is. And if you know, you can't solve it by adding more feeders or anything like that, like it's just kind of a risk. Yeah. And in fact, uh, one thing that I did do was I did add another feeder into the um, goat shed. Oh, yeah. Um, And in fact, I just installed that today, oddly enough. I got it. It took me forever to find one. TSC stopped carrying the ones that I like. So I had to order it off of Amazon. So I had to wait for it to get here. And then I had to wait until I could, you know, like get out there and move the goats to another pasture while I went into their building because they don't. They don't work well with me. <laughs> they want to help they you. Just, yeah, they get in the way. <laughs> so I did get it installed, uh, but Jared needs to tack the feeder down to the two by four. I couldn't find all the tools I needed, so I, I did the best I could to start. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I added extra feeders because I had noticed that as the babies had grown, um, the feeder had gotten more crowded, and because it happened so slowly it didn't occur to me that it would eventually be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they were getting pretty rough around their feeding time. But um, funnily enough, I've been feeding them in just like a round rubber dish. And oh. there's room for everyone in that, which sounds weird because it looks tiny compared to a trough. No, <laughs> <laughs> because they're all in a circle, they can all get their head in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so there was a solution for now, but they needed another trough because when inclement weather and whatnot, you don't want their feed getting rained on. <laughs> yes, exactly. So other causes of a goat um, miscarriage, um, also the clinical term for this is spontaneous abortion. So when you're Googling um, the vet articles that will come up, uh, goat spontaneous abortion will be what you want to look for. Um, the other, uh, causes of this could be moldy hay or feed, um, incorrect use of a medication or an herb. Um, it can also be caused by stress or a malformed fetus or even an infection. So, um, some of those things we have control over, some of those things we don't. So when your goat miscarries, um, I do think it's important to think about your management really quickly just to run through and make sure there's nothing you can change. But, you know, if there's not anything you can change, then you have to chalk it up to one of those things that you probably had no control over. Right. So uh, what we'll talk about today for the rest of the episode are um, the three major diseases that can cause a goat miscarriage. Um, And I thought that these were interesting diseases to talk about because I don't think that they're super common, um, but disease is definitely one of the things that you want to check for just in case. But one of the things that I read was that a 5% miscarriage rate is about right in any goat herd. Um, But if you start finding um, more than that, especially like if you have a year where you feel like 
you're getting one after another after another, then looking into one of these diseases might be um, one of the things to do. But they do have very specific um, and obvious um, symptoms. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so you'll probably know um, or at least suspect if one of these diseases is, um, is the cause. But the first one is uh, Campylobacter, and it's um, it says Vibrio in parentheses. I'm not exactly sure why it says that, but I wanted to insert that because maybe that is an important distinction of the type of Campylobacter. But um, it's an unpleasant infection that is orally transmitted via infected feces, so basically poop. Um, and it is highly contagious to both goats and humans. So if you suspect oh. your goat has this, um, it's zoonotic. <laughs> oh, shoot. Right? Uh, the doe will generally miscarry in the last six weeks to a month before her due date. Um, and the kid will probably be stillborn or very weak. And... Um, Once ingested, the organism makes its way along the intestinal tract towards the uterus, and it causes the fetus's body cavities to fill with fluid, which will cause um, the aborting to take place. And symptoms to look for in your dough are diarrhea, um, vaginal discharge. Um, She might... uh, be acting not herself, maybe acting a little depressed or down. Um, And she may end up having a retained placenta once she passes the kid, um, or she could have signs of having a uterine infection. So um, to prevent this from spreading in your herd, you want to make sure that the herd's water source is clean and away from any possible cause of infection. Um, you want to remove all the material, the afterbirth material, um, even the placenta. You don't want her to eat it. Um, and you want to give her an antibiotic treatment uh, that is prescribed by your vet. And your vet will probably want to do a preventative antibiotic treatment on the whole herd because it spreads so fast. Mm. Pleasant, huh? Yeah. All right. The next one is chlamydia, which is one that we all recognize, right? Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is actually spread to goats through um, the feces of infected birds, blood-sucking insects, or parasites like ticks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So maybe this is a different kind of chlamydia, but it's yeah. C-H-L-A-M-Y-D-I-A. So I feel like that's spelled the same, but maybe not. Yeah. Huh. Um, the Typically, the pregnancy loss is around three weeks before the due date. Um, and it's another one where probably stillborn or extremely weak. Uh, the way that this disease works is um, once the bacteria enters the doe's bloodstream, it attacks the placenta, causing it to get inflamed, and it prevents the fetus from receiving the sustenance and nutrients necessary for development. So it basically starves the fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, and around three days before the miscarriage, the doe will have bloody vaginal discharge. And then after um the kid has passed she'll have a discharge that can ma- that contains the chlamydia infection so um she will need treatment to prevent loss in further pregnancies and to stop her from spreading the infection um because this is one of those infections that will hang around 
in mm. her uterine tract until she gets the proper treatment. Whew, that's heavy. I know, right? Do we only have one more? Okay. And then we can get to better, better topics. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the last one is toxoplasmesis, which is also really familiar to most people. Um, because this is uh, a disease that can have the same outcome for pregnant humans as it does for goats. And it is caused by ingesting anything that's contaminated by the feces of a cat carrying T. Gandhi. So I can't remember what the T stands for, but that's what they put in this article. But it's basically if you have a cat that has this bacteria in their feces, it can be passed to humans or goats. Hmm. So this one is caused by cats. So have you ever heard like that uh, pregnant women shouldn't empty the litter box? Yes. I actually cleaned my sister-in-law's kitty box when my brother was out of town while she was pregnant because yep. of this. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> So the way that this bacteria works is it makes its way to the placenta of a pregnant goat where it multiplies and then is passed on to the fetus. And this um, can result in a stillbirth or um, another one where it can cause the birth of very weak kids or even mummification of the fetus. And um, the doe can suffer some pretty terrible side effects, including muscle spasms, respiratory issues, gastro enteritis, jaundice, and even inflammation of the brain. So um, one of the things that this article mentions, and I think that this is really important, and it's something that I'm going to talk to our vet about with the cats, is um, it's not possible to prevent your cats or your neighbor's cats from defecating where your goats graze. Yeah. Like, that's just not reasonable or possible. And so I, I know that none of these diseases were Tonks's issue because she was totally healthy afterwards. And all of these have a, you know, have a laundry list of, of symptoms that the doe ends up suffering from because of these diseases. But um, I do have barn cats and my favorite place for the barn cats to hang out is on the hay that I feed to all of my animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's comfy. It's warm. Like... They love it. And they go into the goats area all the time. And in fact, even if I gave them their own water dish, they go into the pasture and go drink out of the troughs. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, that's just that's where they like to hang out. Okay. So um, one of the things that you can do is um, you can have your cats tested for that T. Gandhi bacteria. Um, and when you mention it to your vet, they'll know what it is and they'll be able to test them for it at their next well visit. And then you can, you know, treat your cat for it <laughs> to make sure that it doesn't spread. And it, it it's not like a one and done kind of thing. You'll want to mm. retest like every now and then. Um, I mean, I don't know whether annually or biannually, but your vet should be able to advise you on whether or not you should have that done and how often. Um, but if this bacteria ends up in your herd, you'll def that would definitely be the place to look is your barn cats or your neighbor's barn cats. So yeah, I thought that that um, was really interesting because mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of that because I do have barn cats and they just roam and poop and do whatever wherever yeah. <laughs> yeah luckily Bustafer our one of our barn cats he tends to poop in the same place and he covers it up like the gentleman that he is 
and it's like outside of where the goats hang out. Um, but like foot traffic can happen and stuff like that. So it's like shit can happen. <laughs> and we have strays. Like the other day we had, uh, Fancy was just staring so intently at something behind the barn. So I went to check it out and it was this adorable stray cat. So, you know, we have these cats that wander through and do what they want to do. So it's like, you can only control so much, but yeah, it's definitely something that, I'll have my barn cats tested for because they're bougie and they get to go to the vet and they get <laughs> yeah. canned food. And yes, they're very spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> but if it hadn't been for this experience, I wouldn't have thought to have them tested for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just it's one more piece of knowledge and one more thing, you know, to just look into and make you feel yeah. like you have a little more control over your farm. Yeah. I wish my cats would poop somewhere um, that's good, but they do not. They poop in my flower boxes or the <laughs> barn stalls. During the winter, the barn stalls, because they're dirt floors, that was, they use that as a litter box, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Bustopher doesn't have a litter box, but the two newer barn cats that are still contained, um, because they don't have their vaccinations and they're not fixed yet, uh they have a litter box and they use it. So I might have to reintroduce Bustopher to the litter box because it's so nice to have them going in one spot. <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. I had ditched the litter box because I hate cleaning a litter box. Oh, me too. Um, but a litter box would definitely be a safer place for my cats to poop than everywhere. <laughs> and I, I highly recommend, too, for outdoor cats using horse pellets. For the litter box because it just dissolves and turns into sand, and then you just pull a garbage bag over it and just dump it in. Oh, that does sound easy. (laughs) Yeah, I was having, I kept running out of cat litter because I wasn't used to having to buy it. (laughs) So finally, I was like, I gave up on this litter box. (laughs) Yes, the horse pellets are super cheap too, so highly recommend. Oh, good to know. Well, that's it for this (gasps) topic. Um, but you know, if anyone wants to share their experience or, you know, has a story to tell, um, we would love to hear it and yeah, say, uh, send those to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com or you can post them in our Facebook group, but now it's time to talk about some happier things. So let's go to our, we can't even corner her. Yay. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So, I can't even that... Okay, so I got to back up just a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've been having our groceries uh, delivered by Kroger to, like, a location in the middle of our town. And it's called Kroger's Hometown Pickup. And it's so convenient because it's super cool. It's just like when you go to the store to do curbside pickup but they put it on a truck and they take it to your town which is like a big deal because i live 35 minutes from kroger yes (laughs) so i have been saving so many hours every week not going to the grocery store but shopping through an app is hard because you don't get to like look at the things and hold them and i have really bad eyesight so it's just like i'm squinting at my phone sometimes and i'm just like yeah that looks like that's right and i click and add to cart and i'm done so anyways jared had asked me to order egg noodles 
And I was like, yeah, I can totally add egg noodles to the list for you. And I open it up and I add it. And I was like, ooh, fine egg noodles. Those must be <laughs> fancy egg noodles. Those are some fine egg noodles. Well, I picked up our order today and I was unpacking the bags and I picked up the fine egg noodles. And they're like these teeny tiny like angel hair uh-huh. <laughs> egg noodles. I was like, fine egg noodles. Okay, like now thin. I get it. <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to do with those because I didn't know fine egg noodles were a thing. I thought they were just fancy egg noodles. (laughs) Like, you're a fine looking egg noodle. (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. And I was like, I have to tell somebody this story. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's too good. And Jared hasn't had a chance to see them yet. So I don't know what his reaction is because I literally just unpacked the groceries before we recorded. Oh. Uh, I'll be sure and let everybody know what I make with those fine eggs because okay. I'm going to have to use them. Jared's going to be like, what the F are these? <laughs> Whoops. So Sam, what can't you even about? So my can't even today is from uh, the website sulianproud.com. Um, and the headline is goat found sprinting through downtown Las Vegas finds new home. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that just paints a picture right out the gate. But mm-hmm. uh, so the article reads, a goat found sprinting around downtown Las Vegas last weekend was ho- found a new home. Buzzy, the goat, was adopted after a chase involving police and animal control. Caretakers at the Animal Foundation said Thursday. After the goat decided, z- described as shy but very nice, was captured, no one came to claim him. It's believed believed Buzzy is around a year and a half old. Um, the One of the veterinarians uh, pointed out that goats are notorious escape artists. They always escape, so goat escaping is not a big deal. A goat escaping, I guess, in downtown is kind of unique. Again, it just reinforces that you have to have the right setup or they will find a way out. And then if they're super scared, they're just going to keep running away, which is true. Um, (laughs) it's recommended that Buzzy have a barn type area with plenty of space to run. It also may take him some time to get comfortable with people and his caregivers. So I'm glad he found a new home, but we had, um, uh, my husband, we have this goat gate and, uh, he decides to leave it unlatched sometimes when he's going in and out, but it was super windy the other day. So, uh, the goats were all in the barn except for Biscuit. Um, so Biscuit took the opportunity when he saw that the door blown open and ran out and I'm inside and the dogs are going berserk and, uh, I look out and my husband's trying to convince Biscuit to go back in and he didn't want to, so I had to (laughs) run out there and help. And once they're like excited or like a little startled, it is incredibly hard to catch them. But luckily he knows what treats are. So once we got some treats, he was very interested in following us where he needed to go. But oh. it catching an escaped goat is no joke. <laughs> yeah, I've accidentally left gates open or had them like squeeze under areas oh. like when I was still figuring out like how to set my pasture up right. Yeah. And when they like run or get scared, like they're hard to catch. <laughs> yeah. Whew. But it's one thing when it's in your big yard. It's another thing when it's downtown Las Vegas. So yeah, very glad he didn't get hurt. (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm so I'm relieved about that. (laughs) 
So send us your can't evens in the Facebook group via Facebook Messenger or through Instagram, or you can even email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We like to read those on our mini-sodes. And please leave us a review. We read one review a week on Apple Podcasts. And then at the end of each month, we draw a winner out of those reviews that we read. And one person gets sent an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. And March's winner is at Let Me Tell You My Story. So yes! yay. And make sure you reach out to us um, on Instagram or you can email it up us drinkandfarmatgmail.com let us know that you won send us your address so we can send you the fabulous mug you just won yes and i'm so excited to send you this mug because no one else has seen it yet it's a new design yeah have i even seen it yet? no we haven't decided on one yet so we'll do that shoot (laughs) (laughs) it's so fabulous we don't even know what it is right now (laughs) yes but we have some ideas we have some prototypes um but our our previous month winners have not reached out yet so go back and listen to those episodes if you are thinking that Maybe you're disappointed you didn't win and you had left a review in a previous month, either January or February. Go back and listen to those episodes because you might be the winner and you can reach out to us because we honor it like for forever. You don't have to listen to it that week because we know that you're busy and sometimes you get behind. All right. Do you want to read the first review of April for us? Yes, I will do that. The title is Love, Love, Love It. And I love that title. I love it too. This podcast is life, hilarious, and so relatable. I look forward to it each week and always pour me something while listening. Oh, I love that. And that was from Chelsea Branion. So thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. So kind. Yeah. Cheers to you and your beverage that you're drinking right now. Yes. All right, so make sure you hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram and your stories and tag us. We're at Drink and Farm and we will send you a promo code just for this episode that will give you a percentage off in our merch shop. Make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we referenced today, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of the social media goodness, and our merch shop, which has the new shirt of the month in it. Yes. Check it out. Such a good design. I love it. Yeah, it's so funny. It's a good throwback to an episode we did back in February, so we hope you guys enjoy. And that's that's it. it, guys. We did it. We talked about a really heavy topic and managed to be laughing by the end. (laughs) So we hope you guys are feeling a little lighter after that topic, but we hope you learned something important today, too. Yes, yes. And if you're experiencing this at any rate, we at least let you know that you're not alone and that things like this happen on our farms, too. Indeed. All right. So until next time. Drink, farm, and give zero clocks. Bye, guys. We drink things, we farm things, we drink.